Have you been wondering why your loved ones just won't change their unhealthy habits? Are you trying to decide if you want kids or not? Do you feel like there is negative energy lingering around you sometimes? Are you curious about ancestral healing? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Ludmilla Buitron. Ludmilla is a quantum healer, Reiki master, Ayurvedic health coach, and a new addition to our Root Awakening team. Yes, folks, we are expanding. I'm so excited to announce this. I've been announcing my ass off these days because I'm so stoked to be able to offer you up support on a higher level. So Ludmilla has come into Root Awakening to serve this community and offer up her very unique zones of genius. She is currently offering a quantum healing package which can be booked through our link in bio on Instagram and we talk about what the quantum healing package includes in this episode. But really, the purpose of this episode is for you all to get to know Ludmilla more. She's a fascinating person. She's had a fascinating life and has gone through so many seasons that I think a lot of us can really relate to. So in this episode, Ludmilla tells us about her experience with bulimia, with HA, she lost her period at one point, she was a psychiatric nurse working in institutions, she talks about pregnancy and motherhood and the transformations that she saw for herself and her friends who also went through that process, she talks about her older son Ocean and her younger daughter Summer. She talks about depression, she talks about divorce, and Lamilla and I talk about how we met, we talk about the ins and outs of treating yourself as a holistic being and going through the steps of healing yourself on all levels. We talk about the concept of projecting a healing path on someone else and what that may mean about your own state. It's just a really chill and fascinating episode. I'm so happy you all get to know Ludmilla a little bit more. She's such a magical person. I knew that since the moment I met her. She's such a magical person, so spiritually connective, and just very non-judgmental, super open. She's been through so much and is just so open about everything without even a second thought, which is so refreshing and generous and amazing. So let's get into it. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the founder and CEO of Root Awakening. Root Awakening is a holistic guidance community here to provide you with support on every level of self-development, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. We have a team of healers, mentors, and coaches who guide you through your self-development journey and help you to receive feedback on every level of health. You can follow us on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening, root is spelled R-O-O-T, message us, say hello, ask any questions that you have. I love answering questions. I love getting feedback. We love it. Send it all to us. And right now at Root Awakening, we are currently developing a program where you'll be able to work with multiple coaches and even a licensed therapist throughout one program to give you support on each of these mental, physical, spiritual, emotional levels. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to roll this program out. It's going to be very organized, very all-encompassing, very thorough, and just very harmonious. I cannot wait. 
for you to experience this shit. It's going to be so good. So stay tuned for more details on this program that we will be rolling out within the next few months. And in the meantime, you can receive support spiritually from our quantum healer, Ludmilla, who is offering a quantum healing package for the Root Awakening community. So what is quantum healing? Quantum healing is basically identifying the frequency you're carrying and determining how you can raise that frequency and cleanse the negative energy that you're holding or that is surrounding you. Okay, so what is a quantum healing package? The quantum healing package includes a quantum table reading that Ludmilla will operate. It includes a written sheet of your results from the table reading, and it includes a 30-minute Zoom session with Ludmilla so you can consult with her about your results and receive guidance on how to continue to cleanse negative energy from your life. You can book a quantum healing package with Ludmilla through our link in bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Okay, let's get into this episode. Hi, everybody. We have another first here on Root Awakening, a health podcast. Root Awakening has expanded. So I have stopped coaching and I have brought in a quantum healer onto the Root Awakening team. Her name is Ludmilla Buitron. She is amazing. And she is here with me on this podcast today. So if you're asking what quantum healing is, you will find out in this episode. Ludmilla is such a magical person. The first thing I learned about Ludmilla is that she has prophetic dreams and I was like oh my god she is just connected to spirituality in a way that I really hadn't witnessed in person before so I'm really excited to get into how Ludmilla and I met and what Ludmilla does in her profession so Ludmilla Buitron quantum healer and Ayurvedic health coach welcome to Root Awakening a health podcast hi Em hi everybody <laughs> for having me here and it, I, I, when you invite me I was like so thriller it was so nice I love the idea to talk to you and to your public too yeah totally I love it and I think it's perfect because we talk about it all the time quantum healing is so complex so this gives us an opportunity for you to kind of break that down for us what that is and you're just awesome I'm so excited and honored to introduce you more to my audience and just to have you on the team it's exciting Thank so you. yeah so let's start with a little bit about your background Ludmilla can you tell us about what you went through, where you came from, and how you kind of got to the place you are today with quantum healing and Ayurvedic health coaching. Yeah, of course. So I'm Brazilian. <laughs> I live in New York now, like I'm going to be seven years, I guess. Yeah. So I born in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, it's a big city like New York. I have a good childhood, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is a good childhood? <laughs> well, and um, I experiment some some stuff. Like we can say trauma, we cannot say trauma. Uh, was started to be difficult for me to be myself. I guess. I went through like my parents had a very disturbing relationship. I think I was seven or something. And then some of the things that I'm going to say 
I need to go through this to to explain how because you know we have stuff like in our personality or the way we see life or we relate we love and we food we other stuff through our childhood right what experiments like we experimenting like we had sorry my english is not the best one but <laughs> i guess everybody can understand me um, yeah i think you think it's so much worse than it is and i'm always like It's amazing. Like it's amazing as someone that only speaks English and still sometimes has a hard time. I'm like I can understand. There's never a time where I can't understand you, Lynn. <laughs> okay. You let me know when you don't. Hmm. So, I think I remember that when I was a little bit like six, my mom and my dad had like was pressing through a bed face and my mom decided to go for a couple months to Switzerland. She have a cousin there and then she decided to go to take a break and we stay with our grandparents. And I remember I was super close to my my grandmother, like extremely close. But also she, I think Of course, we miss, I was missing my mom, right? Especially at this age, we are super, you know, our reference, our parents still, right? We go to school and then we feel insecure and then we have our parents there. And then I didn't have my mom. I didn't realize this, of course, right? But I think when my mom came back after three, four months, I was almost 20 pounds more, like, heavier and then my mom oh my god what happened well my grandmother she's from hungary and she loved to eat she went through like an awful phase when she was a kid right like after war and all that and then she have a relationship with food that food was comfortable food was love and then of course what she gave me all the love like that she could but also she provide me all the food that she could and I accept that and I love food so that was a beginning of a pet with me that was true extremely painful extremely painful until I got pregnant so I was like basically more almost 20 years caring this relationship with food was very difficult. So I was super heavy. And then you, of course, you start to have like a lot of bullying and you feel like, you know, I was never able to heal my process with food. So yeah, so I was starting to go to school at this time. And then I, you know, before being a teenager, everything transformed. And then I was extremely insecure with my body, with my image. And I remember that everything was super uncomfortable, you know, things that like kids do at this age. I was the, I think I was the only one that I was like chubby at the time. And then leads a lot of things, you know, and leads a lot of things. And then at 11, I start to have bulimia because I was in the age that, you know, you start to have like more interest in about, you know, boys and You know, like you're starting to become like um, a woman, your body transform, your interesting transform. And then I was super aware about 
that I was not comfortable with myself. And then I will start to feel shame about myself. And I learn how to deal with like anxiety and, you know, frustration, eating a lot. And I remember that it was like, you know, even like I was right now, I, I, I had a baby three months ago. I was more heavy at 11 years old than I am right now that I just had my baby, you know. And it was super painful. Like, it was very painful to me. And also through going through that phase with my parents, they divorced and they have like very huge fights. My mom got sick. My mom got super depressed and she stayed like very depressed for six years. I remember that my grandmother needed to take us to the school. Otherwise, we wouldn't go to the school because my mom couldn't get out of bed. And a lot of like conflicts between my mom and dad, my mom wouldn't accept you know, the, the fact that my dad left. And then I also create some relationship with men that was not great because my mom shared some details of her relationship that even put in my head that men were not good, you know. So I started to feel like, you know, very, like a little bit like insecure with all the relationship that comes to me. I wanted very bad like my mom wanted my dad very bad, like with a lot of passion. But also I remember all the relationships. So in my head, I I developed like an image of a relationship that was not helped at all, you know. And I'm not blaming my dad and my mom. Like they they did what they could do at the time. This, I went to the part of like I going to in a couple minutes or to go there because of course I create a lot of like I have so much conflict with my parents as well so I was you know in the society right today like we call a rebel but I grew up like you know I want to do what I want to do because you both are so fucked up like what are they gonna teach me you know so I went to a lot exposed myself a lot because I wanted to learn through my own because I wouldn't trust the adults around me right and then well I went with this fight of bulimia that I carry so much this weight with me for such a long time I will say I was married (laughs) with bulimia for almost 20 years because she was a part of me you know and it's like was very hard you know I have some break that sometimes that I was like apart from bulimia but then you know something happened in my life and then I I I needed to to get her to me to I can go through that phase so it's sometimes like it's I gonna say that bulimia was a way to deal with that thing that I I couldn't deal by myself at the time so it was it's like basically was not just because I wanted to eat a lot, you know, to feel that pleasure. It's just, you know, it was a way, it was an automatic way to go through frustration and irritation or like stress. So I learned how to deal with stuff like bad stuff or things that bothers me doing that. It was super a shame, you know, and then I got super fit. I'm going to be honest, not because of bulimia, but because I went to college, I started college. I did nutrition for almost two years. 
And then my grandmother that was extremely related, she went to the hospital and she stayed for a long period there. And then I was all the time with her in the hospital. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to change this. I'm going to be a nurse. And then I went, I, I immigrate to science of nurse. And then I graduate there and I love it. <laughs> Coincident or not, I hate the geriatric field. I hate it so much because I cry every time that I go there. And then I specialize in mental health. I did my, I don't know how to call here. It could be master, could be master in mental health. And I start since then to work in a money commune. Can you understand money commune? The word is like a very old fashioned hospital. They lock the door. It's institution. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's the old fashioned way. So it was like, I learned a lot there. Not going to deny. Like my first year after college, I went there. I cried for <laughs> a month because I was like, this is intense. This is so intense. Yeah. I was 180 patients, males. I was the only nurse there. I was 21. It was like, oh shit, what are I going to do here? <laughs> that was hardcore. And then I, I fell in love with my job. Like more, like I was completely like, oh my God, I'm making a difference. Even if it's very small because they have like a very hard life, you know, the patients there. And I'm saying like, you know, they're basically have patients there that they were basically living there because the family just kick out, like, you know, they pay extra just to keep the people there or, you know, like they have sex to each other for one cigarette. It's like they eat sometimes, you know, they, I, I was like, was, wasn't very intense, you know, but then I fell in love because I was trying, like, I feel so, you know, this is my purpose. Like I'm here to help them. Even if it was like, you know, a little bit, but I was doing like a difference and I feel amazing. And at the time I had a relationship with a psychiatric doctor, like, nothing to do but I think he guided me in a great like this relationship like was for two years it was a, a borderline relationship but you know I'm super grateful uh, because I didn't know what to do after the college and then I met him through my cousin that was friends of his friends and then we met and then I fell in love and completely fell in love for like very fast and that was like intense for two years and then was an intense way to 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 not have the relationship was the end of the relationship was was tragic too <laughs> but he guided me to that and then he introduced me to that and then I fell in love and then I never left the mental health path and also coincident or not these two years that I had this relationship that was super intense I didn't have any episodes of bulimia it is so funny. And then, you know, say when you stop and I, like, you know, after years, like more than 10 years that I, I had this relationship, I could analyze this relationship and, you know, and analyze myself because I didn't have this episodes of bulimia because I was feel it with love, you know, even it was not a good love, like me, maybe a, not a healthy love you know, that I have today, for example, you know, my mature love, but I have received so much passion and so much, you know, someone was caring so much about me. We are so many in contact. I had, I didn't have 
space to the food complete this love that I was carrying for so many years. And then, of course, this relationship fell apart. And I spent a couple months alone and still like, you know, I got a new job in a place that, you know, was basically a multidisciplinary environment that our job was bring the patient, the psychiatric patient back to society. So, you know, it was culinary, like we went to culinary workshops with this, with educational for these patients. Of course, not everybody fits all the workshops there, but we select, we have like an approach that we become like close to the patient, of course, with boundaries, because these still patients, we are still professional, but how can we help them through this a lot of options that we offer here, like dance, like was how how you're going to take your medication and how ca- possible side effects you're going to have. Like we're going to discuss this with you and decide with you what we're going to do to make you better. You know, it's not was not something imposed to them. And it was a, such a beautiful work. And I stayed there and for six years until I moved here. So still, I was in the path of mental health with a beautiful group. I miss them until today. Like it was the best job that I had, you know, in Brazil. I learned how to be more more soft with the patients too, because in the year that I was there, it was such a hardcore. And then moving there, you know, locking stuff. And, you know, they are actually like against the desire to be in there in the hospital and then I moved to another place that was open door and we needed to bring the patient to feel comfortably there and share what is the best treatment for each other like each other (laughs) for them was a therapy for me you're not going to deny you know when you help others it's also a therapy to you but was a great job I love that so much was a center of like support and uh resocializing resocialization of that patients that you know we have the tendency to take it out of the society because we judge them right the society judged them yeah and then I moved here and then I was um with my first love I got married my first love Ivor <laughs> and we got married and he was my first love since I was 12 (laughs) he was that surfer boy are you serious yes he was my first love like I saw him and I was like oh my god I want to marry this guy oh my god (laughs) yeah he was that surfer guy he was four years older than me and I was that chubby girl like I remember that we have a group from the church at the time that go everybody for the beach house and he was surfing or like hanging out with another girl. And then I go to his room and I like just smell his shirt (laughs) and fold his, his clothes because I was so in love with him. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We start to date when I was 15 and I was went to that process that I realized that I was like not happy with my body and then I started a process like my dad he was super aware you know 
that I have the bulimia. So he was all the time, you know, trying to help me to go to a doctor, you know, to, hey, you don't need to do this. Like, go and do, let's do like a program, which program you would feel, you know, I, I did like and all that, you know, to help me to, to not go through that, to be less anxious. But I, I, I would say that I was super a mel- melancholic kid, I guess. I was very melancholic. Very different from my, my sister that she's super extrovert. <laughs> she's super happy. The meaning of her her name is like full of happiness. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I start this thing to, you know, instead of like eating, I still had a lot of episodes at this point. But then I, I start to work out and be very like into nutrition still not a very good relationship with with food but I went through that and I started to date the love of my life at the time and we went back and forth we split a lot of times and and between this this phases of being single I was a mess completely mess I had a very bad relationship with alcohol like I never tolerant alcohol very much but I still drink alcohol and it was like you know a dark things I did like very um things that I, I even like if I remember it was like I I'm still like oh my god how can I did that you know like having sex with a lot of people you know, and not because I was horny, nothing like that. It's just because, you know, I think like the f- desire to bring love or like attention to myself was this way. And I will say like, I have such a good angels around me because even exposing that's, you know, that much, ah, I never got pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never got a serious disease, nothing like that. So I will say angels was was protecting me even if i you know was doing like stupid shit but also i'm not gonna say that i'm grateful because you know i could go with less hard hardcore stuff but i will say that i think that's why i don't judge that much people you know Mm -hmm. i know we connected on this a lot like maybe a year after we met each other no i can't remember how long it was after we met but I feel the same exact way, the same exact way. Everything you're saying about having sex with people, the relationship to them, I feel the same. It's you look back and you realize, oh, it's just I wanted love. I wanted I was reaching for something else. And I also feel like, oh, my God, think it could have gone so much darker than where I was already at. And it's like, whoo, somebody was watching over me in those times. Or I guess that just wasn't meant to be our path. Our path was meant to get that dark and then go a different route yeah yeah totally yeah and uh, well so the, between these breakups with with Ivor I met this the psychiatric doctor and well I started like everything fell apart and I got back with Ivor and then we got married and uh, and it's like crazy because I had the dream of my I was working in that place that I loved I was with my first love and something was missing still something was missing and I have a lot so I start to well so the idea of coming to New York because his job wanted him here was excited but also 
was something that made me like, I don't know, somehow like super anxious. I also was working a lot, working out a lot and planning our marriage, our wedding. And I think that was like super, I got extremely tired. I remember that I was having so much episodes, like bulimic episodes at the time. I was having, I was so tired, I guess. I couldn't sleep at night. I was having Sonia. I, I lost my period at the time. So I was a big mess and trying to fit everything, you know. I still do my good job there. I still have a good relationship with my husband, my future, my, my fiance at the time. I was, you know, wearing silk dresses, spending all my salary with, you know, external things. I was working out with my group, like the CrossFit that I love so much. I was, you know, everything was perfect. <laughs> but what I used to not fall apart was bulimia. You know, I remember the like I used to take a shift and or Sunday or a Saturday and I always had Monday off. And what I used to do, I used to eat so much because it was my day off. You know, it was such a release, you know, to be just with myself, but not with myself. Because when I was with myself, I was like, you know, doing like a sabotage my body. I was sabotaging my body without knowing, but for me it was a release, you know, I'm going to eat everything here and I'm going to, you know, everything that I want. And of course, have the consequence, right? So then we move here. And New York is such a nice place to be, but also you feel like in a vibe, a very vibrant, you know, this compass, this agitated, you're going to get bored. <laughs> And that was for me, I got worse. And everything started to fall apart for real when I started therapy through focusing bulimia. And then my marriage started to fall apart because then we have fights. Then we start to have like fights. Then I start to, you know, looking love to all, like other spaces. I, I mean, like I was trying to talk to him about this and we couldn't, you know, I, and then I found out I'm super depressed. I am depressed. You know, depression comes in different ways. Sometimes you, you cry a lot and you can do anything. I was doing a lot, but I was so irritated all the time and so nervous all the time. You know, this is also symptoms of like being depressed. Well, what is depression is another story, you know, can have a lot of points of views. And then our marriage fail, like we divorce, you know, I had like, since I was 15 until I was 27, how many years was like, I, we spent so much, okay, okay, we have breakdown, like we have some months and years apart. I was engaged with another person, but how many you know, he was my base for such a long time. You know, I think also he was my, the security that I had. So that's, and I think I was for him too, because all the time we come back together. We experimental things sometimes like don't go well or, and then we go back to each other because was something that was like comfortable was, of course, we love each other. We had such a good time together. We grow so much together, but 
yeah, why was the reason that we come back all the time? And then I was without my comfort, without my secured guide, you know, in a town without job. I didn't get my validation here. So I was like, oh, holy shit, what I gonna uh, do? <laughs> my family's not here. I don't have my husband now. Like, I don't have a job. And uh, wow, that was like, you know, the slap in my face. Hey, stop what you're doing right now because something is not right. You know, you need to figure out shit because no one's gonna do that for you, especially here in New York. But, you know, if you wanna heal, if you wanna discover what is missing in your life, you need to go after. No one's gonna say, hey, you know what? Like come from the sky and say, hey, this is this, like you're missing this, you are like this because of this, this, that. Like, no, you need to start to figure out stuff. And the curious thing, I always did therapy, you know? But sometimes you go to the therapy to complain about other people, to blame other people, not to look to yourself for real. And then after, like, I was alone in New York, super lost, <laughs> I start to be open. And then things sometimes came in my face because, of course, I did, I did the first step and then I got a job. Of course, not was like the first job, you know, I, I started taking care of a young kid. I got a, a house with three other Brazilians that was super supported for me. It was a very good place to be. And then I got a, a position inside a health office, like a mental health office. And then I got to, they give me the opportunity to do what I also do here still is like transcranial magnetic stimulation. That's a technique to depression, OCD, PTSD, anxiety. That's is another talk to another place. And then I start to go after things that could help me to figure out about myself. That was Reiki, that I fell in love. I did the familiar constellation too. I did Ayurveda as well. I met my husband. I got pregnant. <laughs> And when I got pregnant, well, before I started to do this therapy train three months with Carla Sanchez, that was my teacher to the quantum table. And things that, you know, pointed there in my reading, like half was, okay, wow, oh my God, that's, that's it. The other half was like, I needed to think, really? And then there was an invitation to recheck some thoughts that I had. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, maybe that's true. Yeah, maybe that's something that I need to work. Because it was not right in my face. I needed to really go some deep in my head, in my behavior, and realize, well, yeah, I guess the table is, is signing to me that I need to work on that. And actually, I did. Right? Sometimes I need to work, like, again and again and again. Because the, the thought was so inside of me that sometimes you need to go again and, and work and work because it's, it's just so deep inside me. But, well, that was how I, I got into quantum healing, Reiki and also Ayurveda. Because I wanted to, I was 100% sure that I want to do something holistic, 
that the Western medicine doesn't teach us. Actually, like us, like not teach us. They most of the doctors and also myself when I was studying and I was 100% sure that I was I know everything you know when you get out of college that this path and then also the holistic way was a way to condense them you know the what you we call science when you go to western medicine what you they teach you that is the right thing to do <laughs> But also how can, how I got here, how I got this disease, how I got this symptom, you know, that they, they don't teach you. They teach in the other way, in the other um, side of the world, <laughs> let's say. Then I wanted to bring the two places together, like the holistic way, the way that we, you know, the way you born, the way that you are raised, the experience you have, build what you are today. And then the other way, the other side, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have a bacteria inside you that probably, you know, the stress level, you know, what you're eating right now, it's not good for you. Uh, okay, build up this, but also you, how it's already there. You need to get this bacteria out of your gut right now. Mm -hmm. So you use the other way. You use the antibiotic, for example. <laughs> That was one of my case. I was so into holistic, 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 you know, that sometimes it's getting toxic too, you know, the holistic, if you don't be aware, you also, you know, don't, you're, you, you forget that sometimes it's, it's necessary to get the medication, you know. Yeah, isn't it like a shamanic rule that any, anything if used too much can be a poison? Exactly. Right. Yes, I had a, like a bacteria in my in my belly here. I was super under stress. Was the transition to autumn? I was eating like raw stuff, you know. My digestion was very poor, and then I was like, you know, doing Reiki. Of course, the Reiki helped me a little bit. Yeah, I. I but after one week, was everything again? And I was like, you know, my belly was almost four or five months. Was like super bloated and super gassy. And then finally, I discovered that I have HP rolling. And I was getting super confused at this point because I was such a, so much toxins inside of me that my head was all over the time, running all the time. You know, I could, it was even hard to, you know, go to job and have like a conversation <laughs> without running thoughts because I was super intoxicated at this point. And then I went finally a gastric. <laughs> Entology, and then okay, well, you have HP Raleigh. It was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like trying to do everything, you know, even like trying to maybe I'm gonna do Pancha Karma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you yeah. just need this antibiotic, my dear. That's the thing. And then you think about what you're gonna do, but right now you need the medication. What Ludmill is talking about, the Pancha Karma, is something that we learned in our Ayurvedic certification, which is like basically a big Ayurvedic cleanse. It's like spa, but a really intense cleanse spa. Like you get everything out of your body, right, Lud? Yeah, I want to do that. I Same. really want to do that. Yeah. I think I breastfeed my kid. I will do that. It's like it's gonna be experience. I I love the way Ayurveda guides you that too. But for example, in this phase, 
of my life. I was like, oh my God, struggling so much. I was like almost breaking up, breaking my relationship. I was like, oh no, everything is horrible right now. Oh my God, no. And then you, I was just intoxicated because I have um, bacteria eating all the food that I had and producing a lot of gas inside me. It's like just, you know, sometimes we need balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we need to take advantage of both sides of the world you know knowledge more knowledge more you know you're less rigid i guess so yeah i was doing quantum healing with carla from brazil and i did a couple times at the time and like three four years ago was three and three months now it's monthly you can do monthly because of the frequency it's like so weird the frequency around the world so there's no way that we are not absorbing that you know of course you can you can protect yourself but at some point you know you're going to get like weird vibration around you but anyway and i i fell in love with the practice and they open a, a class they open a group and i started to well i did the class with carla and yeah it's been like almost more than three years no three years i guess it's three years yes i was pregnant at the time um and yeah i think i don't know i was confused about my history line (laughs) Mm. but i think all that brought me to healing my trying to heal myself in one thing that i also was in my mind and today is not anymore healing doesn't mean that you are not going to have bad thoughts. Doesn't mean that you're not going to do this or, or you know, oh, I'm going to be completely free about this. No, I think you're going to. But healing is knowing yourself. Why are you thinking or acting like this right now? You know, be aware of, of this. And, and it's kind of being rational because when you are aware of what, why you act like this, why you choose this or not that is also knowledge. And with the knowledge, you can rationalize sometimes that crazy emotion that you are having. And this is, for me, helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Because even like, you know, like I'm having a massive meltdown here. I'm feeling like shit right now. And then I asked myself why I am, even like with bulimia, like really like is rationalizing the steps, you know, why I'm feeling like this, what I really want right now. And sometimes it's being honest with yourself, even if sometimes you feel ashamed about your own thoughts, you know, this can happen too. And then when you know better, you can... You can feel, but you're not super attached to that feeling. You know that's going to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's easier to control your your impulse. And I have like, even like a book, Ayurveda and, and the mind. And, and the guy was saying like, he say something that I used to, I, I tell myself, you know, the thoughts we have, you cannot control if it's good or bad. You know, sometimes sometimes thoughts just going to you. But, you know, it's like, thoughts is like, can you imagine your head like the skies and then the thoughts, it's, how do you call it? I totally forgot. The clouds. The clouds. Yes. 
it's yeah. a cloud and then it's gonna be here but then it's gonna away it's not gonna be the same all the time so don't get super intense of that you know don't get super attached to that cloud because mm-hmm. that cloud doesn't mean that is your head and yeah, even my husband, you have like some arguments, you know, like the vibe is not great and a lot of stress around, like, you know, we have two kids under two now, you know, sometimes like it's up and down with relationship. And then he also brings me because I have the tendency to be super explosive and all that. Oh my God, I want to go back to Brazil. I want to you know, I want this, I want that, you know, I miss my life before the kids and being single. And then you, you pass like, you know, you plan in your imagination, your fantasize, your divorce and all that. <laughs> and my husband say, you know what, this is a phase and then it's going to go away and then it's going to be good again. So chill, mm-hmm. you know, even in the, the dramatic part of Ludmilla, can okay well okay let's calm down that's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I love it I love how you say rationalizing the phases and the seasons that your body goes through and I think it ties into what you were saying about natural health so well and holistic health Ludmilla you were saying like okay so western medicine can can show us like, okay, there's this bacteria in your body. There's this happening in your body. There's this, perhaps there's this much easier, quicker cure for this imbalance in your body. But what you were saying was how did it get there though? And why did it get there? Some people keep getting sick again and again and again. Why? Some people never, almost never get sick. Why? Let's Mm -hmm. look into that. What are the behaviors here? How is everything tied in together? And I think it's the same with, with our thoughts and our mental health. Okay. We're going, I'm going through this pattern um, of missing this or wanting this or thinking that my life isn't good enough. Okay. Why? Like, what am I really looking for? And I think it even, it even ties into the behavior that we both had at certain parts in our lives where we were being with people that we didn't really care to be with. And Uh, sharing our bodies when we didn't really want to share our bodies. We were searching for something. We were looking for something because we felt like something was missing. Okay. So what is that? It's not, it's deeper than, oh, that was just my behavior at the time. Or, oh, I was just young. It's deeper than that. There's always a, there's always a deeper, more profound reason and holistic health, natural health helps us to helps us to rationalize those deeper reasons. It doesn't have to be all spiritual and super flowy. It can be, okay, what is, what, how do I look at my life from more of a bird's eye view and see what I really want or what, what I really feel like is missing? How do I boil that down to, you know, a sensation or something from my childhood or something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like every, like I look at my kid, like he's almost two and I see him taking the phone all the time. And I was like, give me this phone like almost all day with my phone. Like, you know, they are going to follow what you, you will do. And kids, you know, what I saw, you know, the relationship that I, I learned was looking to my parents and then, you know, I want the body. I want this body, you know, like I don't want to be chubby. I want that body, you know, that, you know, I got weight because of, you know, some what's a big thing 
that was missing to me and then I got chubby and then I looked to the girls and I look you know that uh woman's health and whatever and then you want to be like that and then you know it's a mess we, we need to put boundaries I guess you I don't know like I'm lost right now in my thoughts but I guess it's boundaries and then trying to understand how I got the here how I got here yeah um that's compliment my my comment about my kid like why my kid is all the time with the phone is because he'd see you to do yeah. that and, you know in in about like the pattern like we keep going we keep going and and sometimes we we heal like right like we get better and then we we get sick again or we keep you know having eczema mm-hmm. or whatever i do have eczema so sometimes comes back to me and i know that if i eat gluten i will have that again mm-hmm. possible is the you know if i clean my house with uh, clorox i will have a hundred percent sure <laughs> so and sometimes we opt i opt to eat the pizza without the gluten-free mm-hmm. you know but I know that I will have the consequence. <laughs> I think a lot of people wants the healing. They want to be healed, but they go, don't want to go to the pet, through mm-hmm. the pet. You know, I want to skip that. Of course, it's not comfortable to look to your own shit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to go through the process. <laughs> Some of the patients that I, I treated in the TMS that goes, you know, to do the transvenial magnetic stimulation, I have depression and anxiety mostly. Talking to them and then they say like, you know, around 45, 50, they was like, yeah, I have a good job. I make money. But, you know, when you stop and realize how I got here, you know, I have kids and then you look around you and you feel like I just went in the automatic pad yeah. without attention. And, you know, I have my job, I have my house, I have my car, my wife, the kids. And then it's like, <gasps> I don't know how I got here. Yeah. Because what else is there? Over, over, Yeah. What else is over there? But like, I did everything, you know, in the pattern, in the pattern, in the pattern. And then without really experiment in life, mm-hmm. you know, without pausing. And it's really what I want. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, of course, at 50 with, you know, every, you know, there, so much responsibilities. I understand that it's hard to, you know, what I couldn't do right now yeah you know they they fell apart like depression comes and then anxiety comes and then you know when you don't pause and ask is everything in the way that i want i i'm really feel happy with this i'm I'm really okay with this or i'm just doing because i'm afraid or you know not being very honest with your own choices or life exactly exactly i think it's so so important that we have conversations like this one, Ludmill, and like that our brand exists, Root Awakening, so we can remind people that it's so important to experiment. Yes, with healing modalities, but also just with what you want to do. And I think 
it seems like things are impossible. But for example, I am listening to the book right now called The $100 Startup. And it literally teaches you how to create your own business with $100. It's so much more possible than we think to do what we love to do. And like, while we can do it, let's do it, you know? So I want to... I want to kind of segue into pregnancy because we had a really beautiful kind of mini conversation about this before we started recording. And Ludmilla was telling me that she sees pregnancy as like a death and rebirth of her as a person. Ludmilla, can you speak to that? And you mentioned also that the pregnancy or sorry, the bulimia stopped with the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, just, and I met you when you were pregnant with your first kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I would love to talk, tell me about that, that time and what, what you were feeling in those moments. I feel so connected with the baby that was growing. Like I always, I never wanted kids. Okay. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know that. No, I never wanted. (laughs) Wow. Because in my head was something that would took my freedom out. It is. For some, some aspect of your life, yes, it is. That's true. You know, we, I cannot go to Berlin tomorrow. That something that I would do like three, four years ago. No, I won't have this um, freedom right now. Yeah. But yeah, it so was a scary thing. Was like like you know you get afraid. You want to do everything perfect. You know, you want to do. You don't want to. Um, do the same mistakes that your parents you 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 are afraid to cause any trauma in the baby and the kid (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also for me it was a beautiful part that you really like your body's changing sometimes it's not comfortable i i got lucky because i enjoy very much my belly growing and growing you know I, I feel super sexy. My libido was on, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, this pregnancy. But yeah, I think it's, you get a little bit frustrated too because people don't, people, you know, oh my God, you're pregnant. That's so awesome. That's great. That's great. Well, inside you like, yeah, it's awesome. But like, oh my God, so much responsibility coming. I don't know if I can take everything. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, is I had a friend that like you know, she had the baby like ocean born in the same phase, and she I got pregnant and I I birthed summer and then she got pregnant, and then she asked me like, she was saying like oh my god I I really miss myself. I really miss like you know drinking and partying with my friends you know, without thinking what time I need to come back because my kids could, you know, wake up during the night or or even like relationships that, you know, you used to go out just two of uh, of you, like trips and everything. Like now a trip is like a massive moving, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh my God, you think this going to come back? I will say, no, <laughs> I'm sorry because you know what? You, know, you are not the same person. Your body is not the same because, not because you cannot be beautiful or fit or, you know, muscles. You can, you still can. But the way you were before, 
No, because it was another time, was another things that you ate, it was another lifestyle. It's not. It's because not because you're not possible to have joy or you know go out with your partner or like having a trip. Not it's not that you're going to have, you can have, but not you're not the same person. Now you know you became a portal, you grow up a human inside you, and that's an important thing to say to women, especially they are pregnant right now, you are amazing mm -hmm. because sometimes you feel shit, right? Like even with pregnant women, you have hormones, yes. You're, I was more sensitive. And sometimes person to say, you remember you, hey, you know what? You're building a human inside you. So yeah, you, you are tired right now because mm -hmm. sometimes you when you're pregnant you complain oh i want to do this this and this and and i can't right now like i don't feel the energy i don't feel desire to that that's okay it's yeah. okay you're doing the most impressive work in the entire universe that's like building another human inside you yeah yeah of course you're gonna get tired of course you don't want to have the desire the energy to do all the things that you're supposed to do like when you're not pregnant right yeah. or and I think this anxiety or like these insecure things is because your mind is still you still you don't realize have another human until you know you birth mm -hmm. so your mind is still the kind of the same you feel that something is changing but you're not super aware because you cannot see you just see your belly growing and your energy is lower <laughs> you're mm -hmm. more tired but your body is is already like changing your body is already signing that hey no you cannot go to the gym for two hours and go to work for 10 hours and cook and do this and do that no you're not the same person anymore so slow down so you, your mind is still want to do that thing your body hey no sorry not gonna happen right now and this this compass of your mind your desires your dreams expectations is different from your body so i think uh, that's the time that sometimes you get frustrated or guilty maybe you know like in the world that we live right now especially in big cities that you are uh, all the time doing a lot of things all the time you feel guilty that you're like well today i'm not gonna do anything i'm just going to read a book or i'm gonna you know just lay down mm -hmm. and the woman feel guilty about it mm-hmm I push myself, I guess, way more with the first pregnancy because I was not still aware of this. And I want to do a lot of things because in my head, after I have the, my child, I wouldn't be able to do. So yeah, and, and when, so this is start to feel when you get pregnant and your body transform is starting to to not be the same, you're not the same anymore. Um, and then when you have the baby, get worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because that, that beautiful belly, like rounds and you know, that breast and all that, you know, your soft skin. Now you have the baby and then you don't know what to do with the baby. And you experiment like a transformation of your body because now, you know, makes sense that you are put weight because the belly grows too. So 
and then you don't have the bed anymore and for me it was like oh my god my bed is like super how do you call it? flaky no flak flaky like you know yeah oh hmm oh like it's, slabby i guess yeah it? it's like it's like you just i feel like full of fat mm-hmm. <laughs> without my beautiful belly round mm-hmm that was proportional of my boom, the size of my boobs, my legs and all that. And then it was like, oh my God, like I don't have a form anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have this baby and, uh, and, and, and everything is new again. And then you need to go from the beginning again. Yeah. So how did you navigate that? No, I have like very, with Ocean was a very like three months not super easy because my mom came to help me and I 100% had so much things that I was not healed. Mm-hmm. So having my mom two months and a half with me, having another kid, a small baby, in, uh, was super intense. Like, was very intense with a lack of sleeping too, you know, you want to do things that you, you know, like you still want to do things. Yeah. You miss things like, you know, even like go half an hour to the gym just to feel your body moving. And then your baby cry, like after you close the door, you know, and mm-hmm. I need to come back. And also with my mom, like, you know, because born a person, my mom cried so much when she got here. Mm-hmm. I was scared, like, oh my God, what's going on with you? Like... In dealing with emotions, because you're not just a woman, a mother that's born, like a grandmother is born. Your partner now also will feel that because you are like super focused in the baby and not in your relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. You need to share that. So is another is a face that your partner is going through that too. They feel lonely too. Like you feel super lonely like because it's you and your baby and you need to give and to give to your baby breast milk and you change and you don't sleep and and for a couple of weeks I was with my pajamas a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. until you thanks with patient you know in love because it's like a crazy love to that small thing in Mm-hmm. that you just bird you start to adapt yourself and really you learn how to be flexible you know well the house is a mess right now and it's gonna be a mess because i cannot do this mm-hmm. and you know the self-controlling part you give up because you cannot otherwise you're gonna be frustrated 100 percent of the time and i will be honest with this my second bird with summer, I so more calm because I still in motion. I was trying to do, you know, the houses. I need to cook. I need to do this. I need to go back in shape. I want to do this or that. And then you schedule things and then you give the baby to your mother to take care. But then, oh, okay, no, like, okay, just not going to happen. Anything that I plan is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, it's a process. It was not easy with my first kid. 
because it was new. So everything that is new, you feel insecure. You think you're going to kill your baby every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or you're not doing things right. Or you're not enough. Or why my baby's crying. Or like, and, and, and then things naturally comes to the right place with time. Mm -hmm. So I, you, I think you, the, the, the dad of yourself, it's a natural thing because you going to see things in another way. The death of yourself is like your body's not the same. Yeah. The, your routine is not the same. The way you see things is not the same. Like you're a new person now because of these big events that happen in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's challenging. It's not, you know, beautiful all the time. Sometimes you feel lonely. Sometimes you feel lost. You feel insecure. And everything goes well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your kids grow well. You are not killing anyone. Every pound that you naturally going, you know, to lose, you feel like, oh my God, that's that's good. Like I come back on my this a new shape. It's a good shape too, you know. Mm -hmm. Things fall apart naturally. It's just a little bit of like being patient with yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like um not trying to romantize. I think I didn't not romantize this phase at all, but it's beautiful, you know, because I started to respect so much uh, women, way more than I did. Like I'm proud and I want to, you know, you feel super empathic and kind to other mothers too, mm -hmm. because, oh man, I was already in this. I understand you. I think bring you, you heal a little bit of your trouble with your parents because then you start to understand they it's a lot and then they did what they could like also I'm not perfect I going to fail with my kids and but I'm I'm trying to do my best for them yeah yeah so you have that level of compassion with your parents because you realize oh shit they were just doing the same thing at just a different time so they likely had even less resources to figure out okay what's the best way to deal with this and Ludmilla I'm curious because you also on that note you were also talking about figuring out ancestral healing as well mm -hmm. during this time can you speak on that a little bit yeah oh well this for me I think when Ocean Born was and I start and then I had a very connection with my pregnancy at the time. You know, I had dreams. I did Reiki in my valley to my kid. I dream the day my son will be born. And then with the pregnancy with Summer, I didn't hit any connection with her before. Oh, really? Because this was yeah. like, this is like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is how I met Ludmilla. We were it was our first kind of introductory session to our Ayurvedic health coaching course. We both wanted to learn how to be certified in Ayurveda to learn how to be Ayurvedic health coaches. And I went to this introductory session. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah and Ludmilla was pregnant with Ocean, her first baby. And 
like I walked in the room, I feel like, and you all were talking about this, how Ludmilla literally saw a calendar in her dream of the due date. And that due date she saw in her dream was different than the doctor's predicted due date, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the due date that you saw in your dream was the actual due date that you had Ocean, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. wild. I watched a watch and was uh, 9.28. A it watch. was a watch, not a calendar. Yeah, and then actually was like, well, okay, it's a date, it's not a time. And then I saw like a crystal close by, you know, and then it was like, okay, this is this is the day. And then actually he born. But when I got pregnant with Summer, I was, my kid was, Ocean was small still, he was one. So you don't have that much time of fantasize, you know, and right. get very deep because you are super, I need to do a lot of things. I was working to taking care of him. So a lot of things going on. So you don't have that much time of, you know, to adore yourself, like being yeah. pregnant. It's a faster pace. But then I had my, my husband build a Temascal that's a sweat lodge. Oh, yeah. oh my God. So amazing. Ludmilla's husband is extremely crafty. Well, it's his job. He does like wood woodworking as woodworking. a job, right? And he created yeah. this uh, sweat lodge in the back of their house in Brooklyn. Like amazing, just amazing so, stuff. Just to say, my husband, he went, he's from Chile, but he went, he was younger. He went to Mexico and stay living with shamans for six years. So that's in Mexico, the shamans in Mexico, they do that. Like it's a kind of a ritual to, you know, with exercise there. And then my husband, when we got pregnant with uh, Ocean, he started to feel the call to go back to this pet. Mm -hmm. So he started to, you know, he he reached back to, to his shaman there. And then we often do here like this, this ritual, let's say, because it's the sweat lodge and with herbs, with um, stones, volcanic stones, and we have exercises and all that and singing. It's it's beautiful, really. It's beautiful. And I did when I was 30 weeks pregnant. Wow. Uh, and then I saw, I felt so much my grandmother and my mother and my sister through my through my my kid that I was expecting. Mm. That's also a girl. So I felt a lot of presence and I, I, I realized that this is coming to, you know, being us together. I, I didn't have a very amazing relationship with my, my mom. And then it's, she's here. She was for three months here. And then we asked her to stay longer. So she would be six months here in our home helping. I feel this, you know, what I went through, what my mom went through and my grandmother went through will stop on me, mm. you know, because I know that my mom was the way she is because something happened in her childhood, right? Very fast, what happened was my mom was four and she had a sister. She was eight. 
And my grandmother, she is a Hungarian, but come from a gypsy side of Hungary. And she mm. was very intuitive. And then at the day they are building a house and my grandfather at the time, like 70 years ago, they don't use helmets. And then they have a motorcycle and my grandmother asked, don't go with her today. And then they go, my grandfather with my aunt. And then she died. She was eight. She crashed. They crashed the motorcycle against truck. My grandfather just had a scratch on his ankle. Wow. And then she smashed her head and and died. She was eight. My mom was four. And of course, like, was a massive tragedy. And of course, my grandmother was to a depression for an entire life. Mm-hmm. my mom was alone all the time and my grandfather he went and he became study 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 and teaching and he became like a very high graduate teacher in the best university in Brazil mm-hmm. and was guilty mm-hmm. you know so it was a massive trauma and then my mom was alone all the time so it was like I try to understand, you know, I was saying like the healing process is because of the, this ancestral healing is because my mom, you know, she had a, she learned how to be scared of be alone because my grandfather can imagine if you think in your head that you kill your own child, mm-hmm. right? He couldn't, he went to the entire life feeling guilty and also ashamed. And then my grandmother, my, my mom said that she remembered my grandmother like smashing her head inside the closet. Can you imagine the pain like of this, losing a child, your first child. And then my mom is like, she until today, she hates to be alone. Mm-hmm. And when my dad say, hey, you know what? I'm done with this marriage. She got completely out of her mind. Like mm-hmm. so much pain. Like I'm going to be alone again, you know? So it's um, also trying to understand what, of course, you're not saying like feel comfortable what happened with you. Like I'm not be comfortable what happened with me, you know? But it's like trying to understand that is not, in propose your parents did that to you was not in propose they you know your mother act like this or like that you know have something that happened and then they became like that there's a reason for their behavior like they they had their own traumas our parents had their own traumas as a kid as mm-hmm. kids and then they kind of passed that down Yes, yes, but like we say, ancestral healing is when you understand all that and you also know your traumas and then you don't want to pass through that, through your kids, you know, I don't want to, you know, keep the depression in my lineage. I don't want, you know, my kids feel desperate to, you know, to be with someone, no matter if it's good or bad, they want to be with someone. Yeah. And then... I think the forgiveness is more you, you you go through this path when you understand why things are like that, you know? And also 
sometimes I say, hey, mom, you, you need to work on that. You need to work on that. Like go to the therapy, love, go to do this and that. And then my mom can't. She can't. And then also you need to understand, like I, I was very frustrated, you know, me and my sister, we are super, sometimes very frustrated because we try, try to sign to my mom, hey, look, yeah. what, you do. look what you're doing. And yeah. then she recognized, but she cannot change. Right. And we can't make our parents change. They have to be ready for it. I think that's such a big, after we start going into this, learning more about spirituality and self-awareness and holistic health, these things that people in different generations weren't necessarily exposed to through social media and stuff like that, that we have available now. One of the biggest things that I see in myself, in my past partners, in just people that I know that are also diving into holistic health and spirituality, they get so frustrated that other people won't realize the things that they need to realize, quote unquote, need to realize about themselves. But we have to let them let them go their own paths. Right. Exactly. Because otherwise it's not going to genuine, it's not going to heal for real. Yeah. And even like my mom, she recognized a lot of things, but she can't. And that's frustrating. But you know what? That's not, sometimes this pattern is for her, it's better to have this pattern than to face what she needs to face. Yeah. You know, it's like defensive behavior. Yeah. And that's why, you know, this link, what we are saying before, when you said about like, people go after the healing, the healing, and they keep getting sick, they keep getting sick, mm-hmm. is because sometimes that pattern, that disease, that symptom, that, you know, is protecting them to things that like, in their mind, they cannot face it right now. Yeah. So forcing someone to do to see things they are, you know, that you think that is like good for them, they are not ready for that. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, let's not move forward. Not let's, let's not work on that because you're not ready yet. Your system is not ready yet. So yeah, like sometimes it's frustrating for people, you know, for us that trying to, you know, help other people. But also we need to understand that it's not you know, right now, the journey is not that right now. You need to go to other, the, the, the person needs to go all, to other things. And he, otherwise, and, and, and sometimes no, sometimes they are not going to realize anything. They're not going to heal in this life. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I already discussed with my, my sister this, like, you know, she's very into a uh, spiritual path too, and um, healing. And she's super aware of things. Like she's like my ying you know she's mm-hmm. my best but sometimes people you're not gonna heal they're not ready yet they're not going to heal anything or in this life yeah they it's their journey it's not our responsibility and that's it we need to understand and you need to be on the side of them even if they are not ready yet yeah. you know Exactly. I realized too that for me, it was also projection. Like I was getting frustrated that I wasn't solving things in my own life. And I started to make it about my parents. Why are they not? Why are they stuck to the same patterns? Why are they 
they still having this behavior and it won't change and it's creating frustrations in their life. Well, I was also frustrated that I couldn't figure out a way to change my own patterns too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that we have to look at. And I realized, okay, what's the solution to that? Anytime I feel like I want to control somebody else and what they're doing and how they handle things, I look inwardly, I look internally. And uh, that's been working really, really well (laughs) for me. And I think it might even be, I still have yet to test this out, but it might even be more effective for other people in my life to see that I'm working on myself and that's a better, giving a better example than, you know, trying to control the other people in my life, trying, trying to control them instead of myself. Okay. So let's get into quantum healing. Now I want everyone to hear about how you are going to be able to serve them through quantum healing and quantum table readings. So what Ludmilla is offering through root awakening is a quantum healing package, which means that she is going to do a quantum table reading. Okay. So what is a quantum table reading? Ludmilla literally has a physical table that shows a lot of different types of symbols on it. She places crystals on the symbols on the table, and she uses a pendulum to read the energy frequency. And the pendulum kind of guides Ludmilla through the table. And she gets to, to, the table basically tells her the frequency that the client is carrying, the negative energy that they are carrying with them. And Sometimes it even goes a little bit into karmic deals and some past life stuff, but the table basically tells her what the client needs to know about how to raise their frequency, how to move towards unconditional love instead of negative energy. And that's basically what the the table reading looks like, which I'll I'll let her, we're probably going to have a whole nother episode on her process with doing and operating the quantum table. But for now, those are, that's like the basics of the quantum table reading. Mm -hmm. And then she is able to write down what the client's results are. And she will be able to have a session with her clients about what the table revealed to her. And she's able to explain that to, to her clients and she's able to allow them to understand a little bit more about how to continue to cleanse negative energy out of their lives. So Ludmilla, can you tell us more about that? Like, can you tell us more about who might want to receive this quantum healing package that includes the table reading and what are the benefits here? So the table, I think everything, everyone can Mm -hmm. and can have benefits because, well, if like we are the, with the principle of like everything is energy, we are energy, the food is energy, like the places are energy, every energy have a, a frequency, different frequency. So yes, everybody could be, have benef- benefits from the table because, because we are exposed all the time, we interact all the time. Even like right now, I'm with my phone close to me right? I have Alexa here and I have like my notebook close to me. Have a different energy, have a different frequency for myself. Like EMF, let's say all the news that we absorb, like the person that you're crossing paths, like is 
you know, I don't know, is carrying a lot of envy and like look at you and like, you know, emanates that vibration to you. Or, you know, you're having like a lot of stress around, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress in your work, in your houses, carry to a different frequency. And this can bring us to imbalance and it's normal. I not we are not Buddha, we are not living in Himalaya, meditating and you know, drinking pure water. No, we are not. So our frequency can be a little bit low, a little bit higher. And what the table do is trying to neutralize, to transmute this energy, this frequency that is sometimes is blocking our health, mental health relationship health, business health, like harmony in your house, you know, imbalance in our chakras, bad thoughts, you know, and also bring some black magic mm-hmm. words that curses, like someone is emanating a lot of hate thoughts tr- towards you. Ships, <laughs> when you're like, uh, sleeping sometimes things could happen too you know like they implement a ship in a sh- specific chakra and then you know you get more obsessed you you have like more obsessed thoughts or patterns more like occurrently like with more frequency I think and also emanates protection you know points different paths on your life that you need to work or rethink mm-hmm. you know relationship with the material world rigid thoughts can change a little bit can change actually like your relationship with the spiritual world can help you to reconnect with yourself yeah. spiritual or your uh, individual comments or angel that is like there to help you yeah oh also can emanate like for example i was thinking about this so ectoplasma can emanate like this and we call ectoplasma but you can say like the vital energy that we have for example we feel super tired or like exhausted or fatigue for without a specific reason sometimes we just feel like extremely tired in this energy of life that we carry and carry like in a physical way too, like ectoplasma is that liquid between the membrane and the nucleus of the okay. cells. Right. You know, right. sometimes we, we lose that, you know, and the table can bring that force of life, you know, because the ectoplasma can be something inside yourselves, but also is like something that we carry between our spiritual and our body physical body you know mm-hmm. so sometimes we feel drain you know like the vibration and like the of the places or that like you know it, like we just drain and you feel exhausted so the table can help you to to get this ectoplasma spiritual ectoplasma again and also can can get the blockages 
you know, sometimes, you know, our plans are not going through, the flow is not going in the way that we, we know it's not smooth, you know, of course. Our manifestations, is, oh, our manifestations yes. are getting blocked from us. The stuff that we yes. want to bring into our lives, it seems like it's just not happening. Just not happening, yes. Of course, the table is not magic. You know, it's not that you're going to do the table today and like in two days, everything's going to, you know, you're going to be a millionaire and you're going to travel or like, you know, it's not magical. It's not like that. But points in the places that is actually had a blockage, the frequency was not going through your purpose. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to clear, it's going to neutralize that energy and have some tools that going to instigate you to have a frequency that is higher is like more healthy for you right and gonna balance the chakras and it's going to point whatever have a curse whatever have like a envy whatever have like the sheep implantation on you and then gonna bring that to gonna remove all that it's gonna emanate protection is going to help you to have higher frequencies right Exactly. I love it, Ludmilla. So when we think about black magic and curses and all that, we're like, uh, like some of us listening probably are like, yep, I'm 100% on that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Some of us listening are likely saying that is bullshit. That's not really happening right now. That's we're not like witchcraft. I'm not really sure if that's real. And what we're talking about isn't like necessarily whether you believe in witchcraft or not it's not necessarily what we think of when we think of witchcraft like you can cast spells and curses on people just by being super jealous of them and wishing them to be in poor situations wishing them ill right then black like this the curse we just put a name on that but a thought that is negative towards you and if you're like not protected you're not you know emanating uh frequency that is different from there that's going to protect you like unconditional love and you know like peace and whatever you are not you know you are similar to that frequency what's going to happen you're going to contact yeah you're going to be in contact with that and then you can absorb that it's not that someone you know like a witchcraft like went to the you know (laughs) sculpt a doll and we are not talking about that let's go to instead of putting these names let's think everything is energy everything have a vibration specific vibration thoughts have a vibration words have a vibration sounds so we need to get out of this the name of religion is like this or that no we are talking about physics quantic if you right. think about you thinking about like a scientific thing, it is real that everything have energy and energy have a specific frequency. And then, you know, you can attract that. It's literally quantum higher. physics is what she's saying. Yeah. It's literally quantum yes. physics. Yeah. So if you're emanating like a higher frequency, like love and all that, it's going to be very rare if you're going to get like the envy of like you know the other person that is like close to you because you're protected like your vibration is not compatible with the other one so you're not gonna get that but sometimes we are not okay sometimes we are like super tired sometimes we stress out we don't take care about ourselves because a lot of questions you know i i also not perfect i do my table as well 
because I also, you know, I'm super tired. I don't sleep at night. I'm not in a phase that I'm like, keep up with my, with my health too. So I'm more su- susceptible, mm-hmm. susceptible to get so um, it's not that you're good or you're not good but everybody that's why i say everybody should do or like you know pay attention to the frequencies that we are surrounding or we self emanate right Mm -hmm. and clean that because you know you're going with a flow (laughs) that is a higher high vibration like with love things gonna get better you know things are going with the flow that you want it's easier to manifest what you want it's easy to attack to to get what you're like really desiring yeah you, you have a full you have an open space right exactly i think it's more that you know what that's the important thing to know about the quantum table. right yeah Something that I noticed in a lot of my friends, I'll say like some of my friends who they're in holistic health, they're in this field as well. They're, they have great balance in their lives, but Mm -hmm. they still see some sort of energy worker to cleanse their energy out because it's kind of like the finish. Even if you do have things set up in your life really nicely and you've got some great balance in your life energy work like quantum healing can just be the little finishing touch that cleanses out the energy that you might be neglecting, right? Or often, like when we're talking about curses or whatever kind of terminology you want to use, negative energy being directed towards us, if you feel like you you have this going for you, you have this going for you, everything's pretty balanced, but you're getting like a lot of jealousy being pointed at you, directed towards you, that's something that energy healing can really help you clear out. It's like the finishing touch on keeping your aura, keeping your environment nice and clean and with good frequency hygiene. And if things are not in balance, I've seen it happen. Ludmilla has uh, done a quantum table reading for me before. It's been spot on. I've just, I've heard about other instances where it's just spot on. Ludmilla can pinpoint these through the table, right? The table tells her, she's very specific about that, but she can pinpoint these parts in your life that you could maybe focus on a little bit more. And she takes a very small amount of information from you, your birth date, where you're located, your first and last name. That's basically it. And she doesn't even need your birth time. But and she she doesn't speak with you before she does the quantum table reading. You have a session with her after where she speaks with you. So she prefers not to know that many details about her clients because the table tells her a lot about just where where the client's energy is at, which I think is so cool and so intuitive. So Ludmilla is currently offering this service of the quantum healing package that includes the quantum table reading. It includes basically a note sheet about the results of the table reading that you have. And it includes a 30 minute Zoom session with her to go over your results and have Ludmilla explain to you your results and give you some tips on how to continue to cleanse this energy out of your life in a way that's very individual individualized to you. So we went over so much in this episode, but I love it. Ludmilla. I love, I learned a lot about you in this episode and I'm so happy to be able to do that. And 
our listeners here learn the same and you're going to be on this team at Root Awakening. So I'm so glad that they can get to know you more. And I'm just so grateful that you're here with me for this episode. And I'm so excited to do like a deep dive into quantum healing on the next episode that we have together. That would be great. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love to know a lot of different histories about people. So I hope I did talk that much. Well, I know that I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I loved it though. It's fascinating. And, and you're meant to, it's your episode. So I'm just so happy to have you here. I love you. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you, Em. I hope you loved this episode. I have linked in the show notes all the points of contact that we mentioned in the episode. And folks, if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. Let's spread the word about mental health. Let's spread the word about natural health. Let's spread the word about self-empowerment and self-development. It is possible for all of us, and I want everybody to know that. So please help me out with this. And don't forget, you can book a quantum healing package with Ludmilla through our link in bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. You can also just message us and say hi on Instagram. We love that too. I am Emily Kosick, founder and CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. I love you all so much. See you on the next episode.